You're listening to the MoneyWeb Now podcast series with Simon Brown. Live streamed every weekday at 6.30 a.m. It's Monday, 5 December. Premier Foods cancelled their planned IPO. I'm Simon Brown coming at you live and loud from the MoneyWeb studios in Houghton, Johannesburg. On the show today, uh, Carl Kevers, we're going to be talking those Tiger brand results. I mean, on the surface, not a bad set of numbers. Nice increase in hips, uh, nice little dividend coming out. Share price action looking fairly good. We're just going to have a look at the year in review. Some good sectors out there, but I tell you what, oil and gas, which is uh, ESG going backwards. And then we're looking how to spot a crypto scams, uh, which may be as high as 98%. Yowza. But how do we spot them? Because uh, I suppose there is some legitimate cryptos out there and also a lot of scams out there. This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Morning headlines from MoneyWeb. ShopRite takes aim at pick-and-pay clothing. They're going to add 10 or 12 stores first opening in March. Um, pick-and-pay clothing's done very well, so it makes sense. Of course, a crowded space because, I mean, there's all the pep, Mr. Price, and everyone else. Business Day, MTN Ghana begins cutting off a quarter of its customers. This is the regulator orders uh, MTN to cut 5.7 million SIMs because of incomplete registrations. Morning markets, US was red, S&P down 0.1, NASDAQ off 0.9%. Asia is green, Sydney up 0.6 and Tokyo up 0.2 of a percent. Commodities mostly red overnight, your green is gold at 1,820, Brent at 86.61, platinum uh, 1,031 an ounce and palladium 1,000 Nine hundred and five dollars an ounce. Rand seventeen twenty nine. Bitcoin seventeen thousand two hundred ten cent. Trading up six point one percent in the Hong Kong lunch break. And top forty opening call for a green open just over one thousand points or one and a half percent. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Chatting now with uh, Carl Givers. He is an independent analyst. Carl, appreciate the early morning. The Tiger brand numbers, I mean, in the surface, revenue up 10%, uh, HEPs up 51%, uh, dividend coming through. This is, of course, year in September, so there's a lot of base effect in there. Your, your, your take on, on, on the numbers? Good morning, uh, Simon. Yeah, on, on the face of it, the numbers look very good, but if you if you compare to a cleaner 2021 where you exclude the product recall cost that they had in that period and the unrest and also the exclude the insurance proceeds in this period, mm-hmm. the headline earnings per share are up 11%. So um, not quite as uh, as juicy as it sounds at the, at the top. Um, but I think a decent result in a, in a very tough environment and, and I think an environment where we've seen a lot of cost pressures and a company like uh, Tiger Brands that, that has some pricing power, given that they, they have branded products. They're able to pass on a lot of that uh, cost pressure, so inflation up 11% for the period, and volumes only impacted by a negative 1%. So uh, I would say, in, in, under the circumstances, quite a quite a good result. Yeah, I, I take your point. I mean, there, there was a, a, a ton of, of, of moving parts in there. And I suppose the question, I mean, the the the, the, the valuation, I mean, it, it's, you know, low, low, low double-digit uh, uh, headline earnings, uh, price-to-book is quite low, but it is still a, a tough environment in terms of inflationary pressure. I mean, it, that eases in time. Does that then take create some some value value opportunity here or is it just still just too tricky out there for the consumer in another tough year ahead 
Yeah, I think, I mean, I, if you look at uh, AVI, which is a you know similar, probably better mm-hmm. quality in terms of, of, of their brands, it's actually trading at a very similar um, valuation to, to AVI. And AVI has noted the, the difficulty in terms of growth outlook. And I think Tiger Brands will have uh, a similar um, problem. So I think in terms of valuation, probably a fair valuation, 13 PE, okay. um, 5% dividend yield. So um, they, they have a few things still to fix. And, and uh, Noel Doyle is doing a, a decent job. So I think it's probably not a, not a bad uh, uh, long-term option, like I say. Um, the, the environment will change eventually, and they've got a, a, a good portfolio of brands. Yeah, I take your point in that. If, if Evia is better in the same valuation, well, then maybe it's the easier yeah. answer. A, a, a quick one yeah. on, on, on MTN. I mentioned in the intro there, they are cutting, what, about a quarter of their Ghana subscribers. That sounds terrifying, but Ghana is relatively small for them. MTN's had a, had a rough 2022, came into the year over 200, trading 130. You look at opportunity here, or is this one to avoid? Yeah, out, out of the telcos, I'd probably pick uh, MTN, I think, out of the lot. Um, the impact of that Ghana um, issue won't be huge, and probably like they've learned their lesson in, in Nigeria is rather do what the regulator asks you to do um, and, and switch those guys off. <laughs> Yeah, it, it perhaps was a little bit slow, but they did finally learn to to listen to the regulator. And when they come and they want uh, Rika and the like, I mean, you must just do the Rika. I mean, don't, 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 don't fight with your regulator. Rather buy them an apple yeah. every day. Cargivers, appreciate the time. And a question today on our LinkedIn and uh, Twitter profiles, uh, talking around those Tiger Brains numbers there, is this a stock worth owning in your portfolio? Um, Carl's saying, no, perhaps AVI is better. But have your vote, have your say, LinkedIn and Twitter. Your money gives a damn. If it could protest and sign petitions, your money would. But your money can do more than that. When you invest in Stanlib's Infrastructure Investment Fund, beyond getting solid returns, you are helping to build a more sustainable future through job creation and positive economic growth. Damn right you are. Invest for more impact at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanley Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on the money. Chatting now with Michele Santagello, uh, Portfolio Manager, Independent Securities. Appreciate the early morning time. Looking back at 2022, I mean, we came into the year on the back of, of storming tech stocks. And they'd started to weaken by the end of 2021, but they'd had a, a really good previous year. And what we've seen in 2022 is, is, is boring, sort of really has had the good year. I mean, it's been around value. It's, it's banks who benefit from, from improving net interest margins. It's been a, a complete shift in the, in the investment landscape from, from one year to the next. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, coming into 2022, uh, valuations on the broader market of, of t- a lot of the technology shares, the mega cap technology shares, was was uh, definitely not rational. And uh, they were pushed w- uh, far beyond what uh, a reasonable investor could could expect. So the, I think in the, the major indices and a lot of the large cap uh, technology shares were certainly ripe for, for a decent correction. Uh, and yeah, as that as uh, inflation started coming uh, coming through and interest rates started uh, picking up, uh, there was definitely a pivot uh, from from growth in technology shares uh, into back back into more traditional, um, more value type of investments. So yeah, it's been a, a very interesting year of of big swings in the market. 
And, and another one of those trends was was defensive stocks, and yeah, intuitively, you know, that kind of makes sense. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking tobacco here, which you know is very predictable. Uh, uh, it, it's never going to be exciting. It's never going to shoot the lights out. But the cash flows are. You can almost tell what British American Tobacco's cash flow will be for for next year. Never mind just this year. And and that kind of makes sense when markets are scary. Defensive is a is a place to to put some money and hide. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I think that certainty of cash flows is in very high demand as soon as um, markets become uh, quite uncertain. Uh, and uh, as soon as growth becomes uh, more uncertain in terms of uh, its trajectory uh, and uh, growth shares are now coming off the boil, uh, where would you want to p- park uh, your investments? Uh, in, in a place that has got a lot more certainty. So yeah, tobacco is, is one of the places that did uh, particularly well. Uh, you mentioned banks a, a moment ago, mm. uh, also uh, doing quite nicely, um, but also healthcare uh, stocks globally, particularly a lot of the pharmaceutical shares, actually uh, also held up quite nicely. Uh, and they also traded at typically uh, low valuations uh, compared to a lot of the all the broader market. So that was also another sector that uh, did hold up quite nicely. And if we look at banks, I mean, I mentioned that it's obviously you know, one of the things is, is is improving net interest margins. On, on our local market, the, the banking index, the Finney 15, is, has been the, the better of, of, of the main indices. I mean, is it potential that they can, I mean, not necessarily have as good a price action, but still make some good profits in, in the year ahead, simply because interest rates might start coming down, but unlikely. I mean, they, they, they're still at, 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 at high levels. Yes, I think the, the, the banking sector is still going to produce uh, really robust uh, cash flows. Uh, and you can see that in the, in the dividend yields uh, mm. on, on the local and on the, in the foreign markets, that the, those yields are, are exceptionally high. Uh, and are, given the, the interest rates uh, levels at the moment, the, the, they are quite likely to hold on to those type of, uh, of dividends. Um, so I, I think given the overall outlook of where in, interest rates are, um, we we probably are looking. We can probably see the end of where the peak interest rates are going to be. Um, however, we're not sure when uh, interest rates are actually going to start to decline. Mm-hmm. So for for the moment, at least, uh, the outlook for for banks is still uh, looking quite healthy. Yeah, that's a good point. We, we, we kind of know what the peak is. We just don't know when the, when the other side of that equation is. I like that point. The, the real winner, of course, for the year was energy. I mean, oil and gas, coal. Uh, uh, th- these were the, the absolute standout stocks. We didn't have much, much energy on the JSC except for uh, uh, some coal. But, I mean, globally, you look at those old school uh, oil stocks, the gas stocks. They, they were the absolute standouts. Yeah, quite quite phenomenally, uh, given the the big push for um, environmental and social and governance factors uh, globally at the moment. Um, I think that at last check, the the U.S. energy sector was up sixty eight percent year to date. So that th- that was, if you had uh, some, a decent exposure <laughs> to to that sector, you were doing particularly well compared to pretty much anything else in the world. And, and that's the key point. You mentioned ESG there, and, and you know, not throwing ESG under the bus. I mean, environmental social governance, uh, fully supported, great idea. But as an as a, as a, as a, as a investor, if you are agnostic towards it, I mean, th- there is opportunity. And, and even sometimes really old school comes to town. I mean, you mentioned farmer as well. Old school sometimes will have its day in the sun. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, this was a, a great example this year. And, and I think one of the major issues for, for ESG is that uh, there's been a, a huge reduction or a lot of pressure to not fund any um, uh, fossil fuel projects mm. and uh, to, to withdraw any any funding for those uh, and, in fact, close down any coal-fired power plants and coal mines, et cetera. And what that's, what's happened is that demand for those uh, 
for those energy inputs has actually continued to rise. I think at the moment, between just India and China, they've got um, close on 100 new coal-fired power plants uh, in production. So demand for, for fossil fuels isn't going down uh, overall. Um, and and yet uh, we're, we're trying to accelerate ESG probably a bit too quickly uh, for the overall market to absorb um, the, 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 new, uh, the new cleaner ener- types of energy. So it's a very interesting uh, balance at the moment. Yeah, and that, I mean, the, the stock of the year on the local bourse has been Thungela. I, I'm looking at the price. A year ago, it was 80 bucks. Today, it's 300. You've got, uh, what, almost 80 rand, I think 78 rand of dividend over the course of the year as well. And, and whilst, to your point, you know, it, it, at some point, coal will disappear as an energy source, but right now it's not. And there's still a lot of new demand coming on, but there isn't new capacity. Coal's day in the sun has probably got a little bit longer to run. Yeah, I think it's probably got a lot. A, a lot more uh, um, runway at the at the moment, uh, and, and unfortunately for for most uh, uh, ESG investors. And, and I mean, one one example of, uh, talking about ESG and mm. investing is I think last week uh, BlackRock, who's the largest uh, I- investor in the world, um, they they actually closed two of their ESG funds, uh, <laughs> citing uh, lack of interest for one and mm-hmm. lack of uh, returns. So in, investors, while I, I do appreciate ESG as a as an investment. Uh, factor that you need to watch um, it's not just the factor that you need to look at there's, there's a whole number of other factors that that you need to look at when you're looking after uh, clients funds that's a good point i mean esg is absolutely important but there's uh, lots out there that is important and 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 you've been monitored and, and it is weird in, in, in a world where, where esg i mean last year it was all the talk and then this year it was all the non-esgs that were making the money michele uh, santangelo portfolio manager independent securities always appreciate the early morning Your money knows it's not just about the money. It's about your returns returning the favor and empowering people. Your money can do more to change the narrative. Beyond delivering consistent returns, investing in the Stanlib Kanisa Impact Investment Fund can help eradicate poverty and protect the environment. Invest for more impact at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on the money. Chatting with Ricky uh, Oladas, he's head of product at uh, UpNup. Ricky, appreciate the early morning time. A, a note that, that, that you sent through uh, recently around, uh, uh, I suppose, fraud, scams, uh, all the dodgy stuff that happening in, in, in the crypto space. I remember back when, when in, uh, what initial coin offerings were, were all the rage. They seem to have faded away. Last year it was NFTs. They've faded away. You've got some ideas on how to, on how to potentially spot a scam because there is a lot of scams out there, and, and, and it is, frankly, tainting the, the few that aren't. No, it's not an idea. Yeah, thank you for that introduction. Absolutely. I mean, the scams are just the flavor of the, of the year, really. As you said, in 2017, we had the ICOs, and then moved to, to NF, uh, NFTs. Um, and it really, it's a, it's a flavor of the same scam, just you know, painting itself in a different light. Um, uh, I would urge most people to, to just stay away from altcoins if you want to avoid the scams, really. It's the, it's the safest way to do it. So uh, there's altcoin. I mean, is that, is that everything beyond Bitcoin? Or, I mean, do we maybe throw Ethereum exactly. in there or, and, and the like? Or is it really, you know, Bitcoin is the, the granddaddy in the room? Yes, absolutely. And, and you should separate Bitcoin from crypto. They're not the same. You see, Bitcoin is trying to achieve a very serious thing, which is um, build an independent financial rail which competes with central banking. 
mm-hmm. and it does that very, very well. I mean, it, it transports billions of dollars across the network every day, where the altcoins are just a new grift, a new way to extract value from retail investors um, and siphon those off to you know, much smarter investors who then buy Bitcoin anyway. And mm-hmm. to your point about Ethereum, it is the, it is the one that, that enables all the scams. So particularly, I'd say, with Ethereum. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I remember in the early days, I mean, it wasn't that early, a decade or so ago, I suppose, when Bitcoin was around. And one of the things everyone said, well, part of the thing of Bitcoin is only 21 million coins that will ever be mined. It's going to take some time to do that, but it's a limited supply. Of course, then as soon as all the other cryptos and altcoins come, it becomes an infinite supply. And that then kind of destroys the thesis. So to your point is go back to that core thesis of, 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 of Bitcoin and of, of, of crypto generally. Absolutely. You know, that's it. So uh, people get confused because they think these things are the same. And they really aren't. Um, Bitcoin is backed by real energy through the proof of work complexity mechanism, which means people have to expend the energy to mine Bitcoin. Mm. So there's no free lunch. Whereas with altcoins, people do what's called pre-mining, where they just create these tokens, bring them to market, um, sell them to, in the market to unsuspecting investors in the case of the ICO boom in 2017, um, and then have massive exit liquidity where they can just sell these tokens on these retail investors, and then once again, go and buy Bitcoin. So it really is a scam. And there might be 2 to 3% of these, these projects that are not scams, but how would a retail investor know that? You'll have to spend, you know, weeks to months researching each coin to actually know if it is useful or not. And even then you might get it wrong, as many money managers have got it wrong and been, you know, been scammed themselves over the, over the years. So really the safest way to do this is just to stay humble and just accumulate small bits of Bitcoin over time and, and just focus on what you're good at in life. Focus on your job. And it shouldn't, <laughs> you shouldn't have to be a professional investor just to invest in cryptocurrency. I take your point. And I take your point on You can do all the research that you want. You can, yeah, essentially as a second job. And at, at the end of the day, you still might not come out. What, what about the, the, the point of exchanges versus, versus hardware wallets? I, I've got some cryptos. I keep mine in a hardware wallet. I'm not trading them. They, they kind of sit there as a, as a, as a, as a long-term investment. Well, the reality is if you're leaving your crypto on an exchange, you're still facing massive risk. Um, so you should absolutely move your crypto off an exchange onto a hardware wallet or even onto a software wallet on your phone, mm-hmm. which is free. You can download it for free. But if you're leaving your cryptocurrency or your Bitcoin on the exchange, that's nothing but an IOU on the exchange. Um, as we've seen with FTX, you know, they made off of $10 billion worth of client funds. Incidentally, I see no one's been arrested yet, which, yeah. which boggles the mind. But, you know, they, these people don't, they're not looking after your assets really. When the when the rubber hits the road, um, you know, your money is gone when these things get liquidated or when, when they go and sold them. So the safest way to do it is just to hold your Bitcoin yourself. And that's specifically what Bitcoin was designed for. It's to be a digital bearer asset that you can hold in your own self custody. And then no one can scam you. It's it's that simple. Yeah, it's your own self custody. You know, you, no one being arrested. They're, they're sitting in the Bahamas and, and, and giving interviews and, and probably sipping a cocktails. Uh, Ricky Aladasi is a head of product at uh, UpNup. Appreciate the early morning. That's it for today. Friday, we were chatting with John Cherry about the future of the office. Corporates are trying to work out how to get their staff back. Um, and, and, and from my experience with some friends and I know who, back, who, who work for corporates, the corporates are struggling to get everyone back five days a week. We asked them, 
we asked you rather, are you back in the office yet? Just over 40% of you said you are hybrid. And that perhaps is the telling number. 40% still hybrid. A third are back full-time, which is a, a big number, but way down on you know, full full-time, of course. 15% are saying not a chance. And then the rest of you, a slight number under 10% said you've never had, well, you don't have an office. And perhaps those are the real winners. I'm assuming if you don't have an office, you're at the beach, right? Twitter and LinkedIn, have your vote, have your say. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. We're live every weekday morning, the MoneyWeb website and the app 6.30am podcast just after 7. Thanks to my team, Eddie Nobuchle, Nicole, to you for listening, my guests for their early morning. My name is Simon Brown. This is MoneyWeb Now. We'll chat again tomorrow. NAMPAC, massive rights issue. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb Now podcast, posted every weekday at 7am on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb Now, on the money.